Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Engaging in Teaching and Learning, a podcast produced by the Virtual Learning Lounge, a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning at Las Cruces Public Schools. Through our interviews with LCPS staff, we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can support all learners. I am your host, Jesse Perio, and co-hosting with me today is Jeanette Covarrubia. Welcome, Jeanette. I appreciate you helping host today. Uh, I have very limited knowledge of elementary level, so I'm going to turn most of this over to you to facilitate and run. Um, but before that, on today's episode, we would like our guests to share a little bit about what cool things they're doing um, or planning to do this semester and to have a conversation of what remote learning looks like in their classrooms. Our guests today are Tammy Melinda, Hugo Hernandez, and Samantha Garza. Before we start, could each of us, could, sorry, could each of you give us a brief bio? What do you teach? How long have you been teaching? Um, and Jeanette, can you just start us off as our co-host? Absolutely. So um, thank you, Jesse, for having us here today. Um, my name is Jeanette Covarubia, and I teach fifth grade at Alameda. This is my first year actually teaching fifth grade. I taught kindergarten for about 10 years. So uh, it's been an interesting, amazing uh, jump. <laughs> so I'm super excited um, to talk about this because, you know, we, this is something new for everybody. And just to talk about how we shouldn't be expecting perfection, right? Just to not let perfect get in the way of good. And so this is a really exciting conversation for me today. So um, I'll, I'll go ahead and let the others introduce themselves. Awesome. Thank you. I am Tammy Melinda, and I am currently teaching second grade at Alameda Elementary. Um, this is my 13th year teaching, and at this point, I've taught every grade level in elementary except for first grade. Um, I also did kinder for several years, fifth grade for several years, and um, my former coworker is also here from third grade and did fourth grade. So um, I'm excited to, I also share um, with many of my colleagues, as well as my student teacher I have this semester, that um, this year it was our, is everyone's first year to teach. So um, I think we have overcome a lot of obstacles. Um, the kids are amazing and they blow us away every day with the things that they have learned and the things that they can do. So we're excited to be here to share that with you. Hi, I'm Samantha Garza. I teach third grade at Alameda Elementary. I have been fortunate enough to be working with everyone here for the past six years at Alameda. Um, I've, this whole entire year has been a journey is what I'm calling it. Every single day is new, especially with technology issues like we've been having, especially this week and getting back into things either with myself or with students. Um, a quote I love to use, and you'll hear this a lot in my teaching, I absolutely love Walt Disney, and he said to keep moving forward. So I always tell my students that every day is that what is our next step? How can we keep moving forward from this? And I think that's where we're all in our remote learning journey. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hello, everyone. My name is Hugo Hernandez. I am Alameda's computer lab teacher. This is my 14th year teaching. It sounds strange saying that, but yeah, 14th year teaching, third year as computer lab teacher at Alameda. Prior to that, I was a bilingual educator, still bilingually certified and still enjoy helping out my bilingual colleagues and also my other colleagues that are present here and, and listening eventually, right? 
Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be able to be here, be part of this conversation and, and talk about how things are doing. Awesome. Thank you all for, for those intros. Jeanette, this is where I'm going to kind of turn things over to you. Absolutely. Well, we're here today, right, to talk to everyone about what has worked well for us um, during our remote learning journey. What worked well for us last semester and what we continue to uh, want to implement for this spring semester, going into the spring semester. Um, and I'll go ahead and go first. Um, something that has been, that has worked really well uh, for me this, this, throughout this journey, throughout our remote learning is our school right now is currently implementing the PACS model. So it's a social emotional learning model. It's something that we started last year that we have continued to, to implement virtually. So I think it's a big celebration, something that I definitely wanted to bring up. So what PACS looks like is first students help create visions of the expectations for everyone involved within the classroom. Students help define these expectations for, for the year, for the lessons, for any activities that we're doing. And there's many different components to PACS, um, but one of my favorites is the PACS game. And that's something that I've been implementing um, in my virtual classrooms. So basically uh, students are placed in teams and they work together to keep a PACS peaceful classroom during our lessons. I monitor the teams. Um, we call them spleams, so I'm constantly looking for spleams. And what that means is, are they misbehaving? Are there misbehaviors that I'm noticing? And so we play a game and if they don't have spleams, then we get to do a fun granny wacky prize. And trying to come up with those granny wacky prizes virtually has been interesting. Um, the I students, have, yeah, the students are actually the ones who have helped me out with choosing those granny wacky prizes, they have created their own and they're super fun. And so that's something I'm going to continue to implement in my classroom coming this spring semester. Uh, it's, it's a very powerful tool, PAX is powerful. It teaches self-regulation, co-regulation and group regulation. So they are constantly learning to self-monitor, you know, how they're acting, what they're saying, what they're doing they're keeping an eye out on each other, you know, how, you know, keeping them on their toes, that wasn't appropriate, um, let's fix it. And also working together in groups. So definitely that co-regulation and group you, regulation, being able to work really well and collaboratively in groups together. You said you had to get pretty creative with your rewards. Do you wanna give some examples of what you did? Sure. Um, so some of the granny, we call them granny wacky prizes. Oh, prizes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and they're, they're a minute long and basically it's just to create some movement, some laughter. So we've had some just dance dances that we play for about a minute or two. Students love to um, change their background zooms, maybe create something um, funny in their background. You know, they can be as silly as they'd like. One of their favorites is just to play a quick categories game using the chat box. And so I'll just say name animals that start with the letter A and they constantly will rush to see who can name all these animals that start with A, B or C, right? Um, there's just so many different ones. 
they get to pick their own song that they want to play for about five, uh, five minutes or so um, every now and then. And so they are just really watching out for each other. They are holding each other accountable, wanting to, to win those granny wacky prizes. So that's something that has transferred to the virtual platform that I want to continue using. And I know some of my coworkers as well um, use this very well. Yeah, I can piggyback off that. Um, granny Wacky Prizes just work with the classroom. It's in between whenever you're doing finishing reading, then you're transitioning over to math, just having that quick, like she said, one minute, two minutes, even sometimes 10 seconds. Pretend you're taking a 10 second nap. They all put their heads down on their computer and then they pretend to snore. It's just giving them that option, jump up and down in your chair. Um, the favorite one in my classroom right now is using your whiteboard, they put it on top of their head, choosing the best PACS leader student, tell us what we need to draw. And here we are with our hands above our heads, trying to see if we can draw a dog, a cat. And then once after a minute pops up and you see the scribble mess, maybe sometimes they look amazing, but sometimes it's just a scribble mess and we all laugh at each other. And I think that just shows communication and the PAC leadership skills that they have learned the past year as third graders now doing it for a full year, they're able to bring it back into the classroom. And I think Miss Melinda as well also uses it for second grade. Yeah, my kids love to do uh, Simon Says, which is interesting. Um, so the first few times we did it, families in the background are like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you supposed to be in class? But um, they kind of caught on and um, it's really fun to watch what they do. And if your internet is lagging, because sometimes that happens, that's really interesting to have to kind of have that pause and that wait time <laughs> to see what people are doing. We've done scavenger hunts. We've done... Um, would you rather's like we've done several things that kids have come up with and it's just a good way sometimes we use them for icebreakers sometimes we do them for brain breaks but um it's a good way to keep kids engaged and they're excited they don't want to be late to class when they know there's something that they could possibly be involved in so that really helps with the attendance and um, engagement right off the bat. I can tell you, I get in, if I'm not on between 1050 and 1055, because my class starts at 11, I hear it from my kids. Where were you? You were supposed to be on. Well, class doesn't start till 11. So, but they want to be in, they want to be on, they want to be ready to go when 11 o'clock hits. And so that speaks to that accountability piece. Kids are actually, believe it or not, at this age, are pushing parents like, I need to get on right now. So that some of our little ones need that support to get online um, and to get into Canvas. Now they're just like, get out of the way. I know what I'm doing. I can get on. Um, and so once they're on, then they're ready to go. So it really has helped full scale. Like, of course, in the classroom when we're at school and we're in person, it really does help to take a break when you start seeing that you've lost some kids or starting to lose the majority of your class to try and say, okay, we need a break. But online, it looks different. And so um, when we really fail at getting everybody on the way we want, and we've all struggled at different grade levels. I have older children, I have a middle schooler, a high schooler, and I have a college student. And I hear and see some of the things that their teachers are struggling with and I just don't have that problem. And at elementary, it's a little bit different. Um, but I know we all have some sort of struggle that we have getting our kids on. Submissions, complete other ball game. <laughs> it's a completely different ball game. If we can get them online, then the next step is to get assignments done. So 
Yeah, I have to just chime in there because I'm sitting here listening to you all with all these cool strategies at the elementary level, but I'm high school level and like Samantha was saying, using some of these for like transitions and Mm -hmm. like, this is stuff that anybody Mm -hmm. could do at any level. Um, That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I totally agree. I hear some of the things that my, my daughters in high school, Doniate, and um, some of the things that a couple of her t- teachers are doing really helps. And I'm like, oh, I could take that idea. So I think it really helps us as educators. If we have our own children that are in school and we hear other teachers doing it, we never get that chance when we're in the school building to ever hear somebody else or see somebody else's class going and some of the things that they're doing. So I think we can all kind of learn from each other. It's a tough process, all of this, even going into our second semester. So I think we should use those resources we have in front of us, just our children and their and their teachers or our neighbors or our roommates, whatever it may be, and use what they're doing. And, and sometimes it's being silly. And right now, I think the stress level of what families are are incurring and educators and just people in general and all the problems that we're struggling with. If we can look at our class time with kids to not be so stressful, we have to really kind of wrap our head around what is it that we want our kids to do? Absolutely have to know how to do and then how can we make it fun? And so I, Jeanette and I laugh all the time about TikToks. But honestly, TikTok has, I've seen some things on there and I'm like, oh, how funny would our kids be if they broke out into that little song where the kids are like, oh, and through their screen, that would be hilarious. And that's what we should be doing. That's is laughing because when we're laughing, kids are laughing and they want to get on because that's our only unfortunate social interaction that we have. So we might as well have fun with it. So absolutely. Everything I love about these kids, um, do we wish we could see them face to face? Absolutely. Do we wish we could give them a hug when they're having a hard time? Um, absolutely. But it's just, it's like air hug and I'm sorry, or let's go in a waiting room and we can or go into a breakout room together and let's talk while everybody else is doing something else. I think it's really important to focus in on those pieces too. Yeah, I want to chime in a little bit on this discussion and give the specialist perspective, especially with PACs and then uh, these struggles and triumphs that we that we listening to and hearing from my fellow teachers. Um, first and foremost, as a specialist teacher, um, things are a little different, right? Uh, our, and, and we're talking about elementary here, right? I'm not sure how specials works entirely in secondary, but specialist teachers, we are only required to see our kiddos uh, online once a, a week, scheduled once a week, which is our Wednesday. Uh, it's a day for the teachers to have a break. Homeroom teachers are day in and day out instructing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so then they get a bit of a respite on, on Wednesdays and that's where we come in. And I mean, we applaud the efforts. We hear everything, the good, the bad that's going on with our homeroom teachers. I mean, we applaud, I applaud you guys. If you, no one has said it, I mean, I don't know how I would be doing, even though, yes, I'm a computer lab teacher, I have an extensive tech background and I was doing tech stuff when I was in the, in the classroom, but that was in the classroom. <laughs> um, doing it remotely, wow. I mean, I don't know how you guys do it and I applaud you guys doing it day in, day out because that's it's, it's a lot, but you guys are doing awesome with what you are and I, I encourage you all to keep doing the, the awesome and amazing things you're doing. As specialist teachers, we try to support you all with the continuation, especially with the PACS discussion we were talking about. 
um, we, we try to incorporate as best as we can, whether it's PE, library, music, art, counselor, um, myself for tech, um, we try to incorporate those elements. I know I stress packs, I always start off my, the, the few online sessions that I get on Wednesdays, I start off with packs, just that packs leadership, just reiterating everything that is going on in the classroom so that they hear it from us too. You know, we're all in this together. And so I think that helps with my participation engage with my kiddos. Now, granted, it's not a lot. My fall participation, especially even for other specials, it's it's it hasn't been what we want it to be. But the few kids that do show up, the ones that are there are really engaged and excited. And, you know, PAX helps with that for us. And so I have a great time. I have a great, amazing time the times that I do get to see kids. And I make sure I let them know that, you know, they're appreciated. I, I miss them. And, and you know, I, I, I enjoy that time that we have with them. And yeah, the struggles that we hear from our homeroom teachers, we get it too. So I can't, I can't imagine like that's, that's four days. That's, you know, and we only do it for one day. So it, it's, it's there. But, um, but I appreciate this time. Like even the times like that I get to do right now, I, I'm, I don't get to listen to my other homeroom teachers as much as I get to. So I, I really appreciate being able to be present here for this discussion and listening to these concerns because I meet regularly with my specials teams. And so that's what's awesome. We have a great group of specials teachers um, and we stick together and we really help and support each other. But sometimes we, we I really only get to see my fellow teachers here once a week in our staff meetings. Other than that, if they come and visit me, or I, I have tech office hours for my for my teachers. And so I, I see and visit teachers every now and then. I just visited with a teacher prior to this. So that's my engagement other than just answering phone calls, messages and stuff like that. That's the bulk of my day versus the once a week I get to see and visit and instruct kids online. But, you know, bravo to my teachers and, and, and who, are, who are working hard continuing to do the best they can. Thank you, Hugo. Thank you for that. You know, as we're talking about that, um, I think we're, what we're really emphasizing here is how much we crave those social interactions, even as adults, right? And one thing that I'm, I'm learning right now is that my students really crave those social interactions. And, and it's so important right now to do those, to do those check-ins, right? How are we doing as a class, physically, mentally, and emotionally? Talk about those things with each other. Uh, it's really important. And I think um, one thing that I'm really excited, so this goes on to our next topic, is um, what we're going to try out this semester and, and why we're doing this. So one thing we are doing this year as a school, we are amongst actually the first schools to get started on a CLR model. And that stands for culturally and linguistically responsive model. And we're working to become a more, we're, to become more aware of instructional practices and procedures in effort to create a totally completely inclusive school. Um, and CLR is a way to reflect and act. And we're, we just started these trainings, so we're getting them in spurts at a time. Um, and what we can start, we can start by asking ourselves is, do my students have a sense of belonging, right? Am I meeting them where they are? Is it centered on developing extraordinary love for our students? And that's where what CLR is, is just developing that extraordinary love, meeting the students where they're at. Are we being responsive? And I think 
one of the takeaways that I've gotten from this new model that we're starting to implement is that just because you are diverse and equitable does not mean that you are responsive, right? So being responsive means, do we take the opportunities to be responsive to their needs? And that's something I really want to um, dive into this last semester. I really want to be responsive to my students' needs as much as I can. As much as I think that I'm already doing a great job at that, I know that there's opportunities for me to be more responsive. Um, yeah, so what are you all trying to do this semester that that's a little new for you guys? I'll go, um, I'm gonna start Canvas Studio videos. Like we took the trainings, I've seen them. I've seen them through presentations. Um, but I just, the other day I was like, okay, I need to start recording myself because sometimes there's not enough time in that one hour block that you really do have. And we do meet with them at least 20 minutes more for a small group. And I love doing read out louds. So I'm gonna start recording myself reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I do every year. And I thought, I thought it was the most hilarious thing this morning that all the kids just found the video in their announcement and they all watched it and they go, Miss Garza, where did you learn how to do that? And I said, it's computer magic. So I'm gonna just record myself every morning reading a chapter to them. And that just seemed really exciting to see me away from this classroom. And then a parent texted me earlier saying that they already watched both chapters. So that was pretty amazing to see. And that's what I'm gonna try to push myself to do to try to use more technology and recording myself, even if I'm uncomfortable, is just that five minute clip of reading a chapter book to connect to my students. One of the things um, that I'm trying this semester is Nearpod, which has been a life changer, um, a game changer, not just a life changer, it's a game changer. So one of the things that I think all educators are struggling with is submission of assignments. And, and so all semester long in the fall, I thought about many opportunities to improve that. First, we thought about attendance, and then it was assignment completion. We don't know how our kids are doing if they're not turning things in. And, I, and it's hard for us to get families to understand that. Um, they're like, oh, no, we're working on it. Well, but I don't see it, so I don't know what needs your kids have. And so with Nearpod, some teachers have used it. Um, I, I know in the very beginning of the fall semester, taking on so much, like trying to do Canvas for little kids. I mean, think about it, a seven-year-old trying to get on something that was a, essentially designed to be for college students. That was, that was groundbreaking to try and get our kids to where they are today. I tell them all the time, they blow me away with their skills. So trying to take on extra things like Jamboard and Nearpod and all those things that we're using, right, was just one more facet of how to disengage a child. So I chose to not take on extra pieces because iReady is new for our kids this year and that's an elementary assessment tool. Um, they already knew iStation, but then they weren't used to all of the activities are gone out of iStation. So we had to get them changed. We had to make sure they understood how to get to Clever. So there was so many facets of an elementary student that needed to be taken care of in the fall. So now, now that they're super proficient with how to get around their Canvas page, Nearpod seemed like the next best thing. 
I went to this training and the teacher that taught it from Tomball was amazing. She clearly knew what she was doing. She'd used it so much. Her and her counterpart, other fifth grade teacher were also um, doing this training together. And I can tell you, I started it with my student teacher the second day we came back. We have online assignments going on. They're interactive. We have poll questions. We have you know, matching pairs. We have quizzes that go on. The kids look forward to time to climb. We have the draw it tool that's on there that really changes the kids ability to do things immediately. And the one thing, and I, and I'm so glad I have a student teacher this year because she's seen it. She doesn't realize the difference between what it was before to now. Um, but the pieces that we have I have immediate information and data about my kids and where they're at. And so in, for instance, last week we did our math lesson and she did it completely on your pod. And right away we could identify those kids that needed extra intervention. And I said, hey, in our small group, because two days we do language arts and two days we do math, let's do our additional um, assignment pieces. And I ready and get the kids on in small group and help them they know how to share their screen, believe it or not. <laughs> Seven-year-olds know how to do that. Um, they share their screen. We can see where they're struggling and we can help them right then. And so Nearpod for that piece has been a game changer because I know what my kids are doing right now and where they're failing right now and where they need that little extra push right now. Um, and that's what we're used to in the classroom. So as much as we keep saying this is all our first year, I think we lost audio with Tammy, but she'll be back soon. Uh, Hugo, do you wanna? Yeah, I'll cut you back off of uh, uh, Tammy with that discussion of Nearpod. And um, I could go on and on with all kinds of tech stuff. Um, I learn new stuff all the time. Nearpod is one of them. I'll also plug in another thing that we're doing with tech, but um, Nearpod is, is pretty awesome, pretty amazing uh, piece of software that you will be able to integrate lessons into your online instruction and just have kind of like what Tammy's saying, just immediate uh, feedback, depending on how you uh, design your Nearpod uh, lesson uh, instruction. I mean, you can have instantaneous uh, assessment, you know, feedback right away. And so that Nearpod's really cool for that. And you have other elements. Um, I won't go into them, that's not a Nearpod training, but there's so many other cool elements that you can integrate with Nearpod. And so, it's really fun stuff. I was actually playing with it this week. Um, I signed up to be a trainer actually. So I'm gonna present uh, to, to the district next month, I believe. So, whoa, <laughs> I gotta get ready for that. But um, I'm just learning that piece as well with Nearpod. I'm excited to hear that Tammy's doing it in her classroom and that her second graders could do it. So I'm excited so that when I get that chance to, to, to be online those few times I get to, um, I'm going to give it a shot and, and see how, how Nearpod works with my students. But another, uh, another piece that uh, the district-wide uh, that we're implementing this spring is keyboarding without tiers. As far as uh, um, elementary goes, keyboarding without tiers is a new uh, online-based keyboarding program that's very all self-paced, very geared to student uh, levels, grade levels, whether they're experienced or not. Uh, Keyboarding without tears can meet a lot of kiddos' needs with keyboarding skills, right? Those who are barely beginning, those who are, you know, somewhat beginning, having have some experience, 
um, it's going to be a pretty cool, powerful program. And I started that already. And so I'm, I'm excited to, to see my kids, uh, my students continue with keyboarding without tears. So that'll be neat to see. That is awesome. You all have provided so many like specific great things. Um, this has been amazing, honestly. Uh, Jeanette, did you have anything else you wanted to, to cover with the, with the group today? No, I think that's about it. We were trying to squeeze as many things as we could into the time that we had. We are just so thankful for this opportunity that we have to be able to share our experiences with everybody. Um, we are here as a resource if anybody needs um, to know a little bit more about what we're doing. We are happy to share those resources with everybody. Thank you, Jesse, for having us here today as well. Absolutely. And, and something that Hugo mentioned earlier, you know, we kind of the purpose of this podcast was exactly what he said. Like, I think a lot of teachers are, are not hearing from other teachers of what cool things are happening in their classrooms like we normally would when we're standing out in the hallway waiting for our kids to come into the class. So um, that's kind of why we're doing these podcasts and why this one is is so awesome because we have a group of teachers that could kind of chat and discuss back and forth. So this has been an awesome episode. Um, I just, I wanna thank you all for, for being with us today and taking time out of your schedule to be here. Uh, listeners, we also wanna thank you for joining us today. We look forward to your feedback on today's show. Please follow VL2LCPS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, that's vl 2 LCPS. And please share feedback on the podcast and any ideas for future episodes on our social media platforms, or you could email us at vl2 at lcps.net. Again, that's vl2 at lcps.net. Thanks again for listening in today, and we will see you next time. Thank you. <laughs>